Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. No worries. Good to be on, boys. Well, congratulations. Uh, what, is, what does something like this mean to you? Yeah, well, it's, oh, it's an incredible honour. Um, obviously, it's just a nomination at the moment and, uh, you know, the people will go and vote. I think the fans can have a bit of a say in that vote as well starting early October for a few weeks. But um, it's not something you think about as a player. Um, when you're actually out there competing and playing on the tour, you're thinking about, you know, your next pure goal on the court and what you can get out of yourself. And when you sit back afterwards, though, and, and look at uh, the names that have gone into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, um, it's pretty incredible. And, and I'm fortunate to come from a country that has such a rich tradition and history in the sport of tennis as well. There's been so many greats uh, for me, and, and that's what I really prided myself on playing Davis Cup for Australia was all those past greats and, and how they paved the way for us to have the opportunity. And uh, for me now to, to be one of the nominations to possibly get into the Hall of Fame, uh, it's a massive thrill. Well, that fan vote opens October 1 through until 25. Get on and vote. Vote.tennisfame.com and have a vote for, for Rusty. It's a pretty extensive process in terms of getting the nomination and getting included, but you will get in. Leighton, Wimbledon, US Open champion. <laughs> World number one, you finished the year there twice. Uh, an absolute legend of Davis Cup, two-time champion, of course, 30 career titles. We know, we know all the numbers, but you'll get there. I bet you wish you were back in Adelaide at the moment, though. Yeah, absolutely. It's been bloody tough here in Melbourne, <laughs> that's for sure. So, um, yeah, I always laugh when uh, you know, Dan Andrews was having a go at uh, Steve Marshall, the South Australian Premier, there for a while back, and and saying everyone would rather be in Victoria. And, uh, yeah, that's certainly not the case. Leighton, homeschooling, take us through it. How intense is it? Um, yeah, it's not easy, that's for sure. Um, I'm lucky Beck's fantastic at it. Um, you know, it, it's just, you, I think over the years, you just learn different ways. The teachers are obviously teaching different things nowadays, so we're more confusing the kids more than anything um, by teaching them other ways of, we come out with the same answer, but I get a different way of getting there. So, um, you know, three kids. My eldest is fine, though. She can get away with doing her own stuff and doesn't need a lot of our help, which is uh, nice. And she's probably been the biggest help to our youngest, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it's dragged on for a, a long time now as well, which is the frustrating thing for everyone here in Melbourne. And Cruz is an up-and-coming superstar. We've seen him live in our Lumo studio before. How are you keeping him quiet? He's got that much energy. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, you know, we don't have the biggest backyard either. So, um, yeah, there's not a, not a lot of running around they can do at the moment. So, you know, he goes and hits, uh, hits some balls down against the wall in the garage and, and things like that just to keep himself busy. And, uh, we've got a basketball ring out in the back as well. So he plays a bit of basketball out there. And, um, yeah, it's just, you feel for a lot of the families, um, in Melbourne through this time because it's kind of just been never ending this whole year. Um, <clears throat> and even though, you know, the numbers are obviously getting down and, and there's been a little bit of hope, you keep getting told, you know, it's, it's not going to change anytime too soon. So uh, that's the frustrating part. And I guess when you look at the numbers in, in Victoria and in Melbourne in particular compared to the rest of the world um, and people are still out and about in stages, um, yeah, that's where the real frustration begins. 
How are your Aussie tennis boys holding up? Of course, uh, Davis Cup captain Alex Dimonor through to the quarterfinals of the US. Uh, Johnny Millman going nicely as well. Uh, how in contact are you uh, with the crew? Yeah, no, I'm in constant contact with them. Um, it's really tough at the moment because uh, obviously with the restrictions everywhere and, and the limited numbers that people can take to tournaments, um, it's really only one or two people that they can have there. And, and the most important thing is sort of their private coach and then trying to have you know, someone to look after their body. Um, and, and that's the, the biggest thing in these Grand Slams, to try and get you through those best of five set matches. Um, I think those guys are, are uh, you know, got a good chance. Johnny Millman's got a really tough draw in the French Open starting next week. The draw just came out. He played Karina Buster, who just mm-hmm. came off the semi-final um, at the US Open. But I'm telling you right now, Johnny will put up a hell of a fight. Um, it will be a, a grind from the back of the court between those two guys. Um, but yeah, he's certainly not without a shot there, uh, causing a big upset. And then Alex, on the other hand, he plays a qualifier first out. He's seeded number 25. So, um, in his section of the draw, Alexander Zarev, who, who actually served, uh, for the final of the US Open, uh, in pretty extraordinary circumstances there at the end of that match. Um, so he could potentially play him in the third round. What's Alex like on clay? Does it suit him? Uh, it's, well, he's actually grown up on it, but his game style probably doesn't suit him as much as hardcourt or grass um, because he does try and take the ball as early as possible and really tries to uh, attack players. He looks to get forward as well and take time away from his opponents. And he doesn't play with the most amount of top spin either. Um, so he feels like he probably has to play a little bit more on the edge on clay and go after his shots a little bit more to try and hit, uh, hit through the court and put his opponents under a bit more pressure. Um, you know, he, he normally needs a few matches as well. And, and because the French Open has really been on the back of the US Open, he's only had one tournament beforehand. Um, so hopefully he can find a way to get through those first couple of rounds and then he'll get better with every match he plays. How do you think um, Nick Kyrgios will um, return from such a long break, Leighton? And have you spoken to him? Yeah, I've spoken to Nick um, a lot a lot of times during this um, uh, the break. And... It's a tough one for him because I don't think the US Open with no crowds would have been ideal for him. Um, he obviously had his reasons for not going and, and playing as well. And everyone's in a position, a tough position at the moment to make those decisions. Um, and and travelling around the world is one of the toughest things to do. So um, for him, though, the French Open playing on clay as well, going in with very limited preparation on that surface, um, is probably the right decision. But he's just got to make sure from now until January that he's doing the hard work, putting in the hard yards, trying to get as many practice sets as possible, um, just so his body match toughened before he goes out to play the Australian Open, um, because that's going to be the toughest thing. Is it, yeah, even though there hasn't been that many tournaments, they have tried to cram a lot together at the back end of the year, especially in Europe, and a lot of his other uh, opponents are going to play a lot of those matches coming into the Australian summer. Take us back to a 21-year-old Leighton Hewitt, and if coronavirus had have happened then, when you're at the peak of your powers... Nothing would have stopped you from going, am I right? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I would have been there. Um, obviously, you know, I felt like as a tennis player, I, I wanted to give myself the best opportunity of, of having a crack at the biggest tournaments and the Grand Slams. And, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I would have been at the US Open having a crack. I wouldn't have enjoyed it, you know, playing without that buzz of, of the New York crowd, that's for sure. That's one of the biggest things that I got up for was always playing in front of the big crowd. So uh, it certainly would have been different. Um, but, you know, the players have had to adjust to that. 
on Nick Kyrgios, we've been talking about, I suppose, his his rise with the Australian public and just how much they've embraced him over the last 12 months. Sort of feel like down the other end of the scale is Novak Djokovic. Um, just in terms of Novak and the way that he goes about it, can we get a word from you, Leighton? What do you think? Uh, well, it's a tough one because I feel like um, we've had two great ambassadors for the sport over the last 10 to 15 years in Roger Federer and, and Rafael Nadal, and, and we couldn't have had two greater ambassadors. And, and the worldwide tennis fans absolutely love these guys and idolise them. Uh, wherever they go around the world, they get so much support. And, and Novak's obviously up there with his, uh, his tennis ability and his results. Um, and he possibly could pass both of them. Um, you know, he's probably going to play more Grand Slams in the next three to five years than both those guys. So he could go down as the greatest player of all time, Novak. Um, but he may not give that that love from from the public and the fans that he's so desperately after as well. Um, and I think that frustrates him at times. Um, there was obviously a lot of pressure on him going into the US Open without those two players playing. And and it wasn't great how it turned out, and it was one small mistake, um, you know. And and yeah, he'll he'll be frustrated, and and people will remember that. Um, but he's got to move on, and he's obviously just won the Rome title last week, and he's going to be one of the big favourites for the French Open starting now, uh, on Sunday. Who's next? Um, we see Team won the US, but it was in a depleted field, of course. Slayton and Zverev have had the opportunity to surf for it, as you said. We've been speaking about it for years, but is, who's the obvious one to replace the big three, or is it more than one? Uh, well, I think for sure Dominic Team he's up there. We saw what he's done at the French Open the last couple of years, making finals, and it took Rafael Nadal, who's the greatest clay court player ever, to beat him in both those finals. Uh, then you've got what he did also in uh, the Australian Open this year, where he beat Rafa and turned the tables, and and really made himself one of the big contenders and, and went down in an epic five-setter to Novak Djokovic. So he was always on a path to win a, win a major at some stage. Um, you know, it was fantastic that he took his chance in New York because he was probably the most deserving out of everyone that was there. Um, and then I think, you know, look at Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, if he can get it all together in a Grand Slam, he's made one run to a semi-final. Um, but apart from that, he hasn't been able to put it together since he's been a big-time player in the top five, top ten in the world. And uh, his time will come, though. He's a quality player. He likes playing the big matches. Um, so I think he's won. And, and obviously, Alexander Zarev, it's going to be how he responds now to losing that US Open final, um, where, you know... I can't think he would have had a few sleepless nights mm. after um, sitting back after that one. Because, you know, having um, served for the match in the fifth set, led two sets to love as well and um, wasn't able to close it out. Is there one match that's like that for you over the course of your career where you, where you did lose sleep on it? Uh, not too many. I'm sure at the time there's a lot, but um, yeah, it goes away. With tennis, we're fortunate we play another tournament yeah. um, you know, every week or two, and also there's four majors in a year, so you don't have to sit around. It's not like the Olympic Games where you've got to wait another four years to get your opportunity. Um, so for us, it's, we're fortunate in that way, but you know, we've seen some epic finals of Grand Slams lately. Like The Djokovic team one was incredible in the Australian Open. Uh, last year's Wimbledon final that went that went the distance with Novak losing, uh, taking out Roger in the final. Roger ended up serving for that one and had match points. So there's been some epics, and, and that's the great thing about five-set tennis and, and the best players competing against each other. Leighton, a bit of a disappointing season, of course, for your Crows. Um, safe to assume that you uh, jump on board the Port bandwagon now? Yes. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, about that, mate. And Duchess Kane would love it. Um, yeah, no, it's been a tough year. Um, obviously, the you know the, the positive is that they finished strongly, and and uh, you know how they competed in those last you know four or five rounds was much better um, than the start of the year, and and it was always going to be really tough with you know a new coach coming in, a lot of changes at the club, so. They've got something to build on now for 2021, and, and that's a real positive. I know Rory, uh, he's a fantastic leader at that club, and he's going to do everything in his power to get the boys going. And, and there's some of those young guys that are showing something now as well. So that should really set them up. Um, but it's going to be an interesting final series. You know, I, really, anybody in there mm. can, can make a run for it. You know, if, if the Eagles are good enough from fifth, they could push through as well. And then obviously those top four... There's nothing between those four, in in my opinion, and and playing a final at the Gabba, it's it's going to be intriguing. It will be, mate. Um, thank you so much for your time this morning. Congratulations on just no another uh, honour for you, and we'll catch up with you soon. No worries. Cheers, boys. It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.